Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. business and the host of crane and company our good friend jake crane joins the show once again jake what's going on my man how are you man i'm doing great i need like some a smoke machine or something in here <laughs> like like i need i need to come out like like globo gym in round one you know we, Cobras, can, just, we can just play 2001 Cobras. and get the uh, fire extinguishers for you and just have the full like entrance and everything if you want i mean we, we actually need to do that um <laughs> I'll, I'll have uh, i'll have my people call your people we'll set it up uh, yes indeed give them a ring give them a ring uh jake first things first man appreciate you having appreciate you jumping on it's always a pleasure to chat with you um, I'm going to start a little bit of different direction here, right? Because we all know Alabama's the king of the sport. They rule college football till said otherwise. But I want to get your thoughts because over the last 24 hours, we've heard this news come about. And really this morning, it was confirmed. Tyler Buckner is, is mm-hmm. getting the start for Alabama after, yes, what was a disappointing and frustrating loss, obviously, to Texas. But I picked Texas. I think you guys also picked Texas in that football game. You had them ranked extremely high. Like, you guys believed in Texas before I think many did, is Nick Saban overreacting here? I mean, it, what, what do you make of this move? Because the Texas loss was disappointing, but and Jalen Milrow was not great, but the Crimson Tide have far more issues than their quarterback, correct? I mean, what are your thoughts going into this South, this, this South Florida game and, and Tyler Buckner getting the start now uh, for the Crimson Tide? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. When Alabama named Jalen Milrow the starter – uh, you know, I, I put out on X or Twitter, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by this because I feel like all the talk we've heard about Bama going back to pro style and playing bully ball and kind of getting away from from uh, all the movement and and not, you know, well, the RPO system that they went with Bryce Young, that's what it was. Uh, people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, you would say that. Well, I, I just I, I think there's some blame to go around for, for both parties. One. Alabama had a whole fall camp. You've known who Jalen Milrow is. You signed him. So you mean to tell me that you watched Jalen Milrow decide where he was going to throw the ball before the ball snapped off a three-step and five-step drop, and not only did you still put him out there as the starting quarterback, you actually ran the same system that he obviously is having trouble getting to the second and third read, or he's being told, don't leave the pocket too early, don't play to your strength. So I, I put a lot on the coaching staff for that. And look, it wasn't like Milrow was awful. What Milrow is doing is it's a square peg in a round hole. Milrow needs to be in a 2013 Gus Malzahn, Nick Marshall style offense, even one you see right now. And the crazy part is, Chris, they were running a little bit of that early. Hell, they were in the zone read RPO where Jalen Milrow kept his own read and then flipped it over to Jermaine Burton for a first down. That's straight out of the Gus Malzahn Waffle House special, man. That's that you have to adjust to your personnel sometimes 
when you're going through a transitory period philosophically and schematically, because obviously the up, up until, you know, this week, the guy you got out of the portal to be quarterback in this system who even had the same OC as you have now wasn't ready to be the starter. So I do, I do blame the coaching staff for that one. But Jalen Moreau, you can't decide where you're going to throw the ball off a three-step and a five-step drop before the ball snap, right? Just like in baseball, you can't get up there and say, I'm going to swing at this next pitch. I don't care where it is or what it is. That typically doesn't work out most times. He got away with it some. Sometimes it worked, but most of the time it didn't, and it cost him twice. Uh, so so there's some blame to go around here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just uh, – I'm not – Jimbo Fisher watched Haynes King throw for a whole year and then decided to make him quarterback shocked. That That's on a whole different level. That's I'm wondering if somebody's got pictures of somebody doing something. But I, I was just shocked that Nick Saban – who one, one of his greatest attributes that nobody talks about is his ability to be malleable even when he's at the top. Go back to the hurry-up, no-huddle offense. All he did was bitch and complain about it, then realized the rule wasn't going to get changed, and brought in the, the Picasso and Van Gogh of running the hurry-up, no-huddle and building a system around it. So, uh, yeah, I was very surprised, but there's plenty of blame to go around here. And you brought up the problems that Alabama has. You know, I, I look at that defensive front. You know, Blaine said something on the show Monday when we were recapping it that, that I couldn't agree with more. Quinn Ewer's jersey was just as white and nice and clean when he left Bryant Denny as when he showed up. And Texas, even Nick Saban said it uh, at his coaching press conference, they were able to get there with four. They even got there with three one time. So Alabama doesn't have a monopoly on offensive line and defensive line anymore. Uh, so I wouldn't say Alabama, I hate the word dynasty, and I don't want to get too long-winded here, Chris, but this drives me nuts. The only team that has a chance to have a dynasty, because dynasty to me is winning three in five years, right? That, that's what that's what I consider a dynasty. Nobody has a dynasty right now. If Georgia wins it this year, now they have a dynasty. But the Alabama dynasty has been over for a long time. They haven't made the playoffs since, what, 2021, 2020, somewhere around there? So Clemson, people ask on our show, is the Clemson dynasty over? What dynasty, dog? Like, what, what are you talking about? When's the last time they won it? We got to stop throwing the word dynasty around out there like it doesn't matter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Jake, specifically to the SEC West, let's stick with them. Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M have all suffered, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say bad non-conference losses, but non-conference losses. Which of those three, which one of those three do you have most concerns about moving forward? Say, say that again. You kind of broke up in the first part of that question. Yeah, so LSU, Texas A&M, and Bama have all lost non-conference mm-hmm. games at this point. Which one of those three do you have the most concerns about moving forward? Well, look, I'm I, I'm never going to doubt Nick Saban to be able to make good adjustments. I I've got to say I, I've got to say A and M right just because defensively uh, I thought they'd put up more of a fight than what they did against Miami. And look, Miami did it. And and I like Tyler Van Dyke. You know, he was he was a quarterback that that we had in our top ten before the season came out. He was he was hurt last year. His shoulder was messed up last year. He looks healthy. But I thought if Miami was going to rack up that amount of points, it would be on the ground. Because this Miami team is built in Mario Cristobal's image. They want to pound it on the ground. They believe in their young and talented offensive line who's playing their ass off right now and play action and and hurt you deep, taking shots over the top, hit Restrepo a little bit in in the quick game. But Miami just murdered him with drop back. I mean, A&M's lack of ability to get to Tyler Van Dyke. And then, you know, I talked about uh, Josh DeBerry and these guys that transferred over from BC and AM secondary. Not that I would be panicking if I'm an AM fan. I've watched AM lose non conference and look inept in all phases, right? Like, like we saw against App State, like we've seen before. I think this team still has potential, but DJ Durkin and them better, better figure it out because this, this team defensively, the lack of physicality is what bothered me. And people that go straight to the, oh, the Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher experiments already a failure. <laughs> Man, you don't know what you're looking at if you think that. Yeah, Mississippi State or uh, uh, Miami gifted them two special teams plays that that set them up. But Connor Wegman looks good. That offensive line looks pretty good. Uh, and in a wide open SEC, if I'm an A&M fan, I wouldn't panic. But out of those, I mean, Florida State's a juggernaut. Uh, there are a couple of plays away from Nick Fury coming and asking him to join the Avengers. Uh, and then obviously <laughs> Alabama's got the personnel and LSU's got the personnel as well to be able to flip it around really quick. So, Jake, that takes us to the week three slate and kicking off the day. I think a damn good one in Starkville. Mississippi State hosting LSU. Uh, Bulldogs, I think, opened as a 10-point underdog, now a nine-point underdog. Either way, LSU, they're walking a tightrope. They want to make the college ball playoff. Uh, they've got to go unblemished the rest of the way out. Meanwhile, you know, I think what's so interesting, Jake, about State, Will Rogers with a career-low 17 pass attempts last week. And I think State fans, it's – you know, it's a bit of a transition period. I mean, you go from air raid, leading the country in passing attempts to being outside of the top 100 right now. I think they've done good things in the running game, but it took winning the turnover battle, I believe it was 5-1 to one against mm-hmm. Arizona to, to win that game in overtime. Your thoughts on this football game? Because admittedly, Jake, over the summer, I thought this was going to be a trap game for LSU because I thought they'd beat FSU. And I actually took Mississippi State in the upset. I reversed my pick because I feel like LSU just cannot afford to slip up. They just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on this football game? I saw you guys, you let off your show, I believe, talking about this game today. Your thoughts, what you're most looking forward to in this game in Starkville? Mm-hmm. Well, look, I, I mean, and I love Mike Leach. He was one of our favorite interviews every year. Rest in peace. You know, one of a kind, national treasure. Uh, but Mississippi State was probably the most predictable offense in the Southeastern Conference last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got to the point where everybody would just rush three and drop eight. You knew what what their base plays were, what their bread and butter was, and and they had a few counters built off of it. But they passed Iran, uh, and I think outside of you know recently, 
uh, when they played LSU, who for some reason just would not get out of man and just kept getting rubbed. I mean, got rubbed more than Deshaun Watson during the offseason. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, when I look at, at this Mississippi State team now, balance, I think, is going to help Will Rogers down the field because they lacked explosive plays last year. I mean, if you go back and watch Mississippi State, everything was underneath. Everything was underneath. Crossers. And yeah, you know, Will's able to complete a lot of passes, but he weren't, he, they weren't able to hit a lot of people over the top. Well, now that Woody Marks is running the ball more, now that, that Will Riders is able to have some sort of balance, I do think it makes them more dangerous. But they're playing LSU, who's, who's a wounded animal right now. They're backed in the corner. You know, we called the LSU Florida State game the biggest insurance game of 2023 because if you lose it, you do have to thread the needle, but it can end up being a hell of a loss at the end of the year, and it's week one. So LSU got bullied in the halfway through the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. Uh, LSU, while they had some plays called downfield, never took advantage of downfield until the last game. Um, but when, when I when I look at, at this matchup, I feel like LSU is going to come in hungry. State's going to be a great crowd. Cowbells are going to be ringing. I just feel like LSU is going to out-athlete them when LSU's offense is on the field and Mississippi State's defense is on the field a little too much. And if Mississippi State wants to try and run the ball, it's going to be a lot tougher now that Mason Smith is back. I'm a big Woody Marks guy. Uh, I'm glad he's getting his chance to touch the ball more. I think Mississippi State may, may throw a couple punches early, but I think LSU being challenged as men physically uh, is something that you're going to see really shine through in this game. I actually like LSU to cover. Jake, let's move into this one in Athens, South Carolina and Georgia. Georgia, a massive favorite, 27 and a half, 28, depending on what book you see either way. Let me ask you this first on Georgia specifically, because the first two weeks, admittedly, they've had some slow starts and maybe it hasn't been quite the, the flashy wins that everybody's looking for. I, I just I tend to think when you're going for a third straight national championship, just everything that you do mm -hmm. is going to get picked apart, right? How you do it, what have you. Are, are you buying for even a second this whole narrative that maybe maybe Georgia isn't what they were last year, the last two years, or they've got some some holes or deficiencies, you know, like they haven't ran the ball nearly as well as we're used to. They, they haven't pressured the quarterback as well as we're used to. Like, do you buy that for a second, or do you write it off as, you know, two cupcake games, it means nothing moving forward? Look, well, we say this on the show all the time. I, I think two things can be true at once. You know, I, I don't I don't think we have to we have to narrow it down and, and I get it. Right. It's uh, a lot of times it's it's one extreme or the other when you're breaking down a team. I think Georgia's played a lot of things close to the vest. Uh, I think they're trying to to bring Carson along somewhat slowly and be able to not empty the bag of what Bobo wants to keep in his back pocket uh, for these games coming down the stretch. Uh, look, they haven't looked great. The offensive line, I think, is underperformed. I mean, this is an offensive line that, that's loaded with NFL players. They should have been able to bully the teams they've played more than they did. Uh, but I do think it's a little bit of protecting Carson Beck. And it's not like Carson's a young guy. Carson's an older guy, but he's a young guy on the field as a starter, as a starting quarterback at Georgia, which is a real thing. So I'm, I'm not buying the fact that, oh, Georgia's just an average team. Uh, I think Georgia's put out a lot of peanut butter and jelly. I'll tell you what, I, I think one compliment that you have to give them is they haven't panicked in any of these games where it's been you know tighter against Ball State for longer than what people thought. Uh, they're going out there and doing what they do. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing where people are like, oh, man, well, Texas didn't beat Rice by 1,000 points, so <laughs> Texas is going to get absolutely murdered by Alabama. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a murder show. No, look, this, this, real G's move in silence like lasagna. All right, that's, that's just the way it is. So I'm not panicking about Georgia at all. 
I think Georgia's got a lot in the bag. I do think Carson's still an unknown. I, I you know, he seems a little late to me and uh, late over the middle, which is something that that he's got to improve on. But make no mistake, Georgia's very, very talented, and they're going to hear this all year with their schedule. But the more the more I look at 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 week five, Carson Beck, first road game, <laughs> heading into the heading into the pet cemetery known as Jordan Hare. Mm. Not that Auburn can compete with them up front. Georgia should maul them, but Georgia should maul Ball State up front. Georgia should ball, uh, maul UT Martin up front. And when the aliens do land, they're going to land in Jordan Hare. You best believe that. So, look, I, I think two things can be true at once. I think there's a lot we still don't know about Georgia, but I would not be shocked that they're kind of holding it back. So let's stick with that, Jake, looking at this game tomorrow afternoon. How, how does South Carolina – you know, a team that we've seen them play one game against Power 5 competition, right? Looking back at last weekend, it was a great bounce-back performance, although the Gamecocks fell down to Foreman, Furman 14-7 to early. And I'll tell you this, Jake, everybody wearing How bad were you panicking? How bad was everybody panicking? Everybody was shitting a brick. I think They're just panicking Skywalker? Oh, it was, it yes, was full, we are never going to win a game again type of mentality. But I, I will say, Jake, and I posted this on social media last night, the – the eternal optimism within Gamecock fans is it, it is it's what makes college football so great yeah. because South Carolina loses to UNC and last week the narrative from some is watch out for Furman they're going to lose to Furman Carolina all it took was a win over Furman to get Gamecock fans believing that this team could go beat Georgia so that's just college football for you though right so you yeah. go into tomorrow though defensively. This is a South Carolina team that could not get pressure on Drake May. They have not been able to stop the run over the last couple of years. They're going to be without Jatias Gear again. Mm. Their big portal uh, portal pickup from Syracuse. You know, Mo Caba, <clears throat> as we already know, out for the season at linebacker. Nick Emanwari is probably less than 100% at safety. I think South Carolina, Jake, has to. they have to sell out and stop the run, right? Like, they have to put this game on Carson Beck and just make him prove – that he's ready to win a football game of this magnitude, right? Like, I, I don't see if George yeah. is able to run the football, it's it's over from the jump. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you hate to see the injuries. Uh, you know, if, I've been saying, and, you know, throughout, it's a long way to go in the season, that South Carolina's biggest problem is up front on both sides of the ball. And it is a battle of attrition, and you typically lose guys. You don't gain guys mm. during the year. Let's start – with South Carolina defensively. I agree with you 100%. Okay, Carson, show it to me, right? Show it to me. I if if you you're going to have to beat us. I don't care if we got to send the governor of South Carolina on a blitz. <laughs> we're bringing what I'm bringing everybody, I'm showing we're bringing everybody, then I'm dropping. I here's what I would do. And this is I I think some coaches they try and show so many different looks that it slows down the guys. I'm not bringing people from depth. I am not zone blitzing anybody. If you're going to bring them, put them at the line of scrimmage and bring them and let's play a game called Let's Find Out. Alert screen. Alert screen. We got to have peel rules, right? Peel rule, back goes out, and I'm blitzing. I'm the end man of the line of scrimmage. I got to go out with the back. I got to know my peel rules. But other than that, I'm sending everybody, absolutely everybody, especially on passing downs. I think George is going to get in heavy personnel and try and run it early anyway. And just see if they can do it. Kind of like what Auburn did against Cal. Like, oh, you want to stack the box? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. We're going to stuff it right at you. But when when I look at South Carolina, yes, you have to. Okay, Carson. Okay, you got the fake ones? Let me see them. Oh, I can touch them? They're real. That's the way I look at things. 
But here's the problem for South Carolina. If by some sort of scientific conspiracy theory, they're able to slow Georgia down, like, consistently, right? And, and it is a – I took the under in this game. I'm all over the under like a, like a fat kid at a cupcake factory. I, on offense, South Carolina, and I know you're about to ask me this, so I'm just going to go ahead and answer it. Here's your problem, okay? I came on here a couple weeks ago and said, your best way for South Carolina to be able to get in second and six and stay on schedule all year is do what? You've got to supplant the run game with a quick passing game. You're not going to be able to run it against Georgia. You're just not. It's just not going to happen. I don't care what type of magic, you know, who you know, you know, if you know John Brinkus and Bill Nye, the science guy, it's not going to save you. So you've got to find a way to get the ball out quick because you're not going to be able to pass protect either. And Georgia's going to be able to get there for it. I just don't know a way in which, because Georgia, one of their biggest strengths is tackling in open space. That's what they're really good at. And when you get the ball out quick like that, you make them tackle in open space. I'm just not seeing a way, Chris, in which this ends good for South Carolina. I'm just, I'm not seeing a way. Put the Rubik's Cube together. Me and my brother, or, you know, me and my brother and Cone all sat down and turned the lights off and, and just started, you know, mumbling each other and having a seance. Got a Ouija board out. I just don't see a way in which this ends up good for South Carolina. I just don't. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
You know, I was just thinking, Jake, if we go through this entire show talking about at least the South Carolina Georgia game, there's not a there's not a Hogwarts reference in there somewhere. I think I might be slightly disappointed because I I oh, feel like oh, somewhere you want I feel like somewhere in there, yeah, there's going to sure. be some. Uh, and I know you and I went went back and forth on on Twitter this week because my next question was going to be, well, actually, I'll save that because offensively, the way Spencer Rattler's performing, if you're going to make this game weird having a confident quarterback and a confident Spencer Rattler and the way he's balling out. To your point, I mean, I'd agree with you, Jake. I don't know if you just saw. I locked in my score prediction. I got Georgia winning this game 41-12. to 12. So, I, I'm just – Under, not under hits. Good. That's what I need. The under hits. I, and I just – I don't buy that, that – you know, and I think actually, Jake, I'll say this. It wouldn't surprise me if South Carolina was able to bust a couple of big ones in the passing game. But even if they do that, when you get to the red zone, you have to run the ball. Like, the field sure. shrinks. the field shrinks. So, For that's sure. why I have 12 points. I've got Carolina. I haven't decided whether it's four field goals or two field goals and a touchdown with a failed two-point conversion. I got very specific. Yeah. Hit his, hit his but, beamer block a punt. Like, that's the question. <laughs> right. Like, that's the question. And, right. Tim, so, look, comparing this offensive line to last year's offensive line is like comparing Hermione to Hagrid, okay? So, calm down. This isn't the Tennessee game or the same team from last year. Different team, different circumstance. But, yeah, I mean, again, we always say balance keeps you on the beam, right? And balance didn't just run to pass. Balance is being able to make the right decision with the ball, especially in the RPO game. But, again, just like during the offseason, and, and I get it, everybody's talking about, oh, Spencer Rattler, how's he going to be? Spencer Rattler, how's he going to be? Spencer Rattler's the last person I was worried about. Like, going in this game, I am not worried about Spencer Rattler. And yes, Travis, last year's offensive line did blow chunks, but this one's had COVID the whole time. So, I, I don't want to hear it. When I, when, I look, when I look at Spencer, again, the only way, quick game screens, quick game screens, quick game screens, quick game screens, and sometimes quick game is screen. Bubble screen, now screen. Bubble screen, now screen. Stalk and go, take a shot. Right on the screen, pretend to block, and we're taking off. That's really the only way, man. But especially in the red zone, look, it, it's it's going to take Dumbledore and Gandalf and Professor Snape and McGonagall and just a whole Dobby. Get Dobby's little long nose ass in there. Let him let him let him dial something up. You know, tell him they're going to kidnap Harry Potter or something. But I just I'm just not seeing it, Chris. I'm just not. So you're hammering the under in this football oh. game. Jake, let oh. me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, all right? If South Carolina were to say make this, let's just say make it a fourth quarter game. I they don't let's not, I'm not saying they win. I'm saying it's a fourth quarter game. What would have had to have happened? I think one very obvious one is Spencer Rattler would just he'd have to be him. I mean, he'd have to make some crazy just some just some like some throws where it's completing you're like, "How? How did he do that?" right? But what else, like what do you think would have to happen for for that type of outcome, for that type of you we look up in the fourth quarter and this is actually a ball game? Carson Beck has to blow it. Like that that's just I Georgia has to play bad. Like, and I hate to say that, right? Like I I, I think South Carolina could play as good as humanly possible. And if Georgia just plays good, Georgia won't cover, but they're gonna win. If we're talking about this being a fourth quarter game where South Carolina has a chance, uh, you know. Carson Beck is going to have to turn the ball over. They're going to have to have a lot of penalties. South Carolina is going to have to find a way to score, score, a lot, score some points on special teams and on defense. It's going to have to be a mixture of South Carolina playing really, really clean and really, really good and Georgia playing really, really bad. I, I think that's, that's the combo. That's the recipe for it. Uh, um, you know, that's, that's really the only way. And, and look, I, I know like Mary say like, drop your nuts, but like, uh, okay, tell that to your left guard. That's going up against that thing at three tech. 
Okay. Like, like this isn't, that's such like a term. It's like, all right, we'll go out there and drive your nuts. Oh, okay. 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 Coach. Okay. Sure. I mean, Hold Jake, on, let me just you, go against thousands of years of science. Yeah. I mean, Jake, you, you know, as well as I do, man, the, the things that people will tell themselves as fans to justify and like convince themselves. Like, I, I mean, I had people go as far as I've had, not many people, but I've had some people literally say, Hey man, do, do you think South Carolina was just holding back in the first two games to, you know, to, to pull a fast foot on joy. And I'm like, if they were doing that, they should all be fired because that's the yeah. dumbest thing you ever could have done bowl, when man. you needed to beat North Carolina. So either way, again, I got 40 well, fans 12, short but, for fanatical. Right, I mean, right. there's Auburn fans, you know, we beat UMass week one. They're like, Oh my God, Hugh freezes is, is the greatest coach of all time. You know, go out there against Cal, stay up to one thirty to watch that one. Mm. Woo. Oh, Talk about oh. robbing them. Talk about just sneaking in, cracking the safe. Running out, good God, that one. How, how are you? See, that's how, the great thing about being an Auburn fan. I'm dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we already won it once, same. I'm good. I'm good forever. Jake, same, same. I, I don't know that I was ever alive pulling with the Gamecocks. But yeah, I'm dead inside. How, so you can't. How are me. you? How are you feeling about Auburn after that one? Because the bottom line is this: as ugly as it was, I watched a lot of that game too. Auburn's two and zero. They got Sanford upcoming. They're they're going to be three and zero. Like, I mean, it's not a yeah. bad start to the freeze era. This is the worst team Hugh Freeze is going to have at Auburn. Um. You know, the, the offensive lines is it's about what I thought. It, it, it's a lot improved. Wide receivers really got to step up outside of a couple of them. But I, I was very – you know what I – things I look at. First week, you come out play UMass. Hugh Freeze goes in the press conference. We lined up wrong up front 15 times. Can't happen. Oh, defense is going to be a liability. Offense looks like the Globetrotters going up and down the field. Uh, against the UMass team, they just went on the road and beat New Mexico State. Jerry Kill, who's, who's you know, had some success over there. Just look at his tattoo. But when, when you look at, at – the game at Cal, the defense is the, the side that won the game. So you saw a vast improvement, and the players are listening, right? And and they're they're taking it, not to steal from Dion, but taking it personal. Um, <laughs> I, I think Auburn, I predicted them to go eight and four, uh, and people looked at me like I had, you know, six eyes on my head, just like the same thing with South Carolina going five and seven. And look, you never know, right? You, you never know in college football. Who the hell knows at the end of the day, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But – I do think this team is is looks more organized. Um, they they look like they're they're more disciplined. Um, and and again, we'll see. I mean, it's about to get you're about to find out, right? But going across the country, playing at nine thirty at night on the West Coast, the first game I think Auburn's ever won in the state of California. Um, so look, it's a win. You you a win. there's always that game game or two that you look back on the season, you're like, oh my god. Like I remember Auburn won the won the Natty in 2010. I mean, we had to beat Kentucky up there on a last-second field goal. Like, I, there's just games. It's football. That's that's what it is. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Jake, as we turn our attention to what I think is probably the game of the weekend, Florida hosting mm. the Tennessee Volunteers. Vols a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Those wearing orange and white have a lot of PTSD from games in the Swamp. Two wins in the last 51 attempts. Haven't won there since 2003. Joe Milton says, I don't lose in the state of Florida. He's been – Wait, he you know, said that? Over the offseason, he said, I don't lose in the state of Florida. Oh, yes. no. So that's probably going to get played on repeat. Florida with their own issues, obviously. Which I, I think, Jake, the, you know, I'm not saying Florida's great or anything, but like I still don't really know about Florida. I mean, they lost one game, and I think half of the SEC would have lost that game, honestly. So when you yeah. look at this game, though, does past history matter at all, or are you hammering the balls in this football game? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a trends guy. Like it's it's because if trends stayed the same, nobody would ever get better. Nobody would ever get worse. Like people are like, oh, Texas, they're not going to be good because they haven't won the Big Twelve since <laughs> 2009. So therefore, they'll never be good again. No, that's if you've ever been in it. Every year is a new circumstance. Every team's different. Every coach staff's different. Um, here's here's how I look at when I see that game. I do think Grant Mertz played better against Utah than what I thought. People forget Florida couldn't run the ball. A lot of that because they were going east west. And wouldn't get north, they just stopped trying. But they outgained Utah. They made mistakes at very important times. I mean, yeah, everybody talks about the fourth and four with the two number threes on the field at the same time. Five-yard penalty gives Utah the ball back basically like a turnover. But people forget, first drive of the game, Florida gets the ball. Successful play on first down. Successful play on second down. Third and one, false start. Then you punt it. Utah throws a bomb on the first play. Um, like. When I when I to try and diagnose this game, I do think Tennessee is going to win, but I don't think Florida is going to cover. And by the way, Arthur Bear, yeah, have you seen the Eagles? It's basically Georgia, so yeah, buddy, yeah, turn the game on. Hey, Jake, um, to that point, because I saw that comment too. Even Dowell Loggins this week said that it like because he spent his time in the NFL. Yeah, he said <laughs> scheming against Georgia it reminded him of scheming like when he was in the NFL. So. Yeah, Even like that, that's Georgia's whole plan. I mean, the Eagles' whole plan is to, to make Georgia and Bama on one team in the NFL, which is brilliant. That's the smartest. <laughs> When's Jonah Hill's little, little big ass running around there making great decisions like that? But uh, no, look, when, when I look at Graham Mertz, I look at Joe Milton. Look, Joe Milton's got to prove it. And I don't hate people like, oh, Jake, you guys hate Joe Milton. I don't hate Joe Milton. I just don't treat him like this god that everybody else treats him because he hadn't shown it to me. Great, great. You, you beat Virginia, who lost to James Madison. That's one guy. And then you beat Austin P. Also, one guy. An FCS team, you started one of eight. Not that Joe Milton's a bad player. Not that he's a bad player. But at the end of the day, he doesn't make the routine throws routine. And mistakes aren't just turnovers. Mistakes are missing wide-open guys on first and ten, and now you're in second and ten and not second and five. Mistakes are reading the wrong side of the field, even though he really doesn't do that a lot in Josh Heupel's system. That's part of the beauty of Josh Heupel's system. But Joe Milton's got to prove it to me first. That's great. You can hit a golf cart from 90 yards at the Manning Passing Academy. Can you hit somebody running a hitch at five yards? Right? So uh, Joe Milton, I'm telling you right now, I think this game's low scoring. I think this game's a a four-quarter game. I think it's a one-score game late, and I just feel like Tennessee wins this game by, like, four. Like, they sneak out of there in Florida. Because, again, you know who makes untimely penalties and things like that? Bad teams do. And and Billy's got to get that DNA out of that team. But I'm telling you, this is not – I know it feels like both programs are going in different directions, right, with Tennessee and Florida. But do not be shocked if Florida wins this game. I got Tennessee close – but I will not sit there and be like, whoa, oh, wow, if Florida wins this game. I think it's going to be tight. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, before I get you out of here, I know you got some plays that you like this weekend. Mm, maybe you're yes. maybe you're hammering uh, maybe you're hammering Dion in Colorado after Colorado State's head coach. For oh, some God, reason, I'm just getting to... the hammer. I'm Tim <laughs> Allen from Home Improvement right now. Let me just, let me just bring this up. Uh, yeah. By the way, we have a DraftKings. Um, I don't want to hop. I, I, no. I haven't seen any, any gambling yeah. stuff. Uh, we have a DraftKings betting group. Um, it's easy. It's Crane and Company on DraftKings. Uh, go check it out if you want to have in our betting group. But here's what I got. Kids hot. All right, not going to lie. Miami and Bethune really screwed me over last night, but we're not talking about that. We've moved on to today. Here's what I like for this weekend. Here's a parlay. Get your pen and your pads out. All right, give me Florida State minus 24 and a half against Boston College. 
That's one. Second one, give me Old Dominion Wake Forest over 62. Old Dominion's got the old Fordham OC, old Fordham quarterback. They're going to throw it 800 times and go a million miles per hour. Uh, give me Indiana plus 10. I'm telling you right now, that's in Lucas Oil Stadium. Not Tim Allen, but Tom Allen. They need it really bad. I'm just going to I'm gonna give you a, a Cranthagorean steer on this, the seven-legger here. Uh, give me um, uh, Oregon State, San Diego State over 48 and a half. Hold on, I just, just hit the wrong button. Uh, crazy stat for you. If a team's favored by 23 and a half or more and the over-under is 49 uh, or less, the over hits like 68% of the time. Uh, two more. Give me Ohio State, Western Kentucky, over 65 and a half. Austin Reed, Kyle McCord, nobody's stopping anybody. Uh, Ohio State's going to win, but I think uh, they'll be able to score points. Then, oh, God, the Tennessee Florida under's already down to 56. Oh, God, it makes you feel good when you got it at 59, Chris. <laughs> Hell, I'd take it at 56, too. So throw those together. Hit a couple big ones week one. Just absolutely robbing the bank with it. Uh, you should check it out, too. We do bets every day. So there it is. There it is. Break the bookie this weekend. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, you're the man. I appreciate it, man. Look forward to doing it every single week. And uh, like I said, let's break the bookie yet again this weekend, man. For sure. Always uh, enjoy coming on. Head over to YouTube, Crane & Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company, uh, if you want to hang out. By the way, Jake, congrats to you guys on 100,000 subscribers. I know that oh, already thanks. happened, I but wanted to it. say congratulations. Thank That's you, awesome. man. I thank yeah, you. Sure. You'll be there. You'll be there in a week. Don't worry. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, you guys keep crushing it over here, and I uh, really appreciate it, guys. Jake, you're the man. We'll talk soon. See you, bud. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.